You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I get really excited to discuss consumer segmentation research. It is critical for brands to understand their audience, as not everyone who participates in a given activity or purchases a given product will do so for the same reason. How can we leverage deep consumer insights to be more efficient with our organization's limited resources? Let's get into it. All right, let's talk about customer segmentation. If only dogs could do customers, can you imagine how good they'd be at segmentation? Oh my God. I'm sure they segment us based on our sense and based on our activity and our whatever pheromones and everything. But um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about segmenting customers or participants to better understand what they're doing, what they want to do, what they want to buy, how they do the yeah. thing they do. Yeah. I'm really interested. Why do they do it? Why? Why do they what do it? it? That's my favorite question to answer. Uh, Why? I, I love doing motivation-based segmentation where... You know, we, we've said so many times now that it is not the case that someone who rides a bicycle only rides a bicycle, for, for the most part. There might be someone who does no other outdoor recreation except for riding bikes, but it's it's more likely the case that they also hike, or they also bird watch, they also ski or snowboard. They There's so many different crossover activities that we just end up talking about the outdoor recreation participant because they fit into so many different activities. You can't define them by just one. Um, and segmenting your customers based on why they do the things they do helps us understand what what we might be able to appeal to to sell to them successfully you know like i ride bikes because i love being solitary and even though i have my toddler in the burly trailer behind me she's just hanging out flipping through her book or like looking out the the plastic windows at the side of the burly she can't look out the front because it's it's pretty muddy right now and so there's this big brown splotch on the front but she can look out the side um and that's the same reason why I love snowboarding. That's why I love fly fishing is because I like to get outside, be in nature by myself and just go, just do just like whatever. Motivation-based consumer segmentation, I think, helps us appeal to why someone's writing and, and, and be more successful maybe in targeting them with communications and, and, and marketing marketing materials because we're like, hey, you want to purchase this product because it will help you connect with your friends and family. If it's a if it's a segment that is interested in these activities because of the social connection that it offers, the social network that they get to plug into by doing it. You know, that's so much better than buy this because you can go fast. You know, like that's that's not going to happen. Absolutely. No, you've got you have to find that motivation yeah. to 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 really I mean that's when you get really effective marketing. That's when your your ROI on marketing is super high when you've when you've appropriately identified the motivation, the people and the what yes. motivates them to to participate in the activity in which they use your product, whether it's it's apparel or accessories or or just straight up gear. Yeah. Pardon my dog. He has things to say about about segmentation. I think, you know, I, as I've done more and more segmentation, I have seen a shift and I'm certain you've seen the shift too, Kelly. Um, shift away from like demographic segmentation as we all realize that it's not the case that middle-aged women all want the same product. You know, you can't just paint a firearm pink and say this is for women in the 35 to 54 age range because they all have a, a uniform 
product need, you know, drivers and motivations to purchase this product are all the same because they fit into this demographic setting. Um, there are so many other characteristics upon which we can segment that are going to be more effective than us appealing to that customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm particularly interested right now in uh, segmenting for sustainability. I mean, who is motivated to to actually, you know, they'll say beyond the the aspiration of yes, I would like to to buy and use products that are that are more sustainable. When did that? How does that behavior actually manifest out in the marketplace? Yeah, yeah, right. So it, it, once you get the motivation, then you have to then you have to see, you know, how how it actually works in their construct. And uh, I mean, but all constructs start with a motivation that, you know, the, this, this person wants a pair of, of, you know, they're, they're motivated to hike. They want to, they want, they're buying pants that they probably will hike in, probably will ski in, probably will mm-hmm. do all kinds of things in. And, you know, what's the most important thing to us as, you know, as marketers, where, you know, where do we need to, to, you know, push a button on them that will, that will help them decide to buy our product. And so, you know, just thinking about sustainability, you also have to know about their participation in, in various outdoor activities. You know, what is it that they do? Do they hike and run? If so, do we have any examples of them using this particular product in a particular way? And then we find out like, what kind of car do they drive? How do they shop? You know, are they, do they usually, are they usually moms? Are they buying for their kids? All of it. I mean, all of these things matter. And I mean, this is this is like the hardcore market research that I absolutely love. Me too. This is what I get really excited to do, you know, and, and all the different experiments that we can run to get us there are the most fun to set up our, our conjoints and our max diffs. It's awesome, I right? Yeah, we yeah. need to create this fun little marketplace that we're in charge of that that is solely for the purpose of helping us extract this information from consumers, extract these preferences, you know? I, I have this, I have, I have a segmentation idea, um, yeah. that I haven't tried. I haven't tried it out on anybody yet, Patrick. So I'm going to try it out on you. I want you to, I want you to think of it as, you know, we're, we're basically taxonomists, right? What I want to do is I want to take your construct and I want to, I want to, I want to dissect it completely. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically okay. doing a taxonomy of, of individual constructs to find patterns, right? To find the patterns of behavior that are most indicative of somebody that wants to buy your stuff. That's it. That's basically yeah. what I'm doing. I want to know what kind of language they use. You know, how do they describe something that's authentic? How do they describe something that's sustainable? How would they describe your product to their friends? Right. And I oh, think, cool. Yeah. Right. I also want to find out, you know, are they, are they interested generally in things like climate change and sustainability? How, are they willing to pay more for that product? Do when they pay more, do they think about what they're doing? You know, are they are they looking and is there I think there's a new cohort of customers, especially in Gen Z, that's super educated. They're actually using their access to information, you know, in a way other than like Gen X. It's like it's just like a giant encyclopedia. But these these kids are amazing in the amount of knowledge that they have about what what actually motivates them. So when you ask them about climate change or you ask them about um, equity or social justice, they actually have educated answers to this. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. and so it's different. I mean, actually marketing them is is way more fun because, you know, you think about the language that they're going to use and you think about what they want. And I think I think the motivation, the motivations are shifting a bit. So this is what you get when you segment a lot. You get to see these sort of aggregate shifts. And in in younger consumers, 
I'm seeing less like just naked consumerism and more thoughtful consumerism. Yeah. Right. And 100%. that's going to, that, that is actually going to, that means, you know, we're going to have work, Patrick, because it means that brands are going to have to get savvy about these consumers, like really savvy in yeah. order to sell them. These consumers are not going to buy as much. They're not in, they're, they're going to buy. I, I would bet that we're going to see a declining trend in things like fast fashion. And an upward trend in in sustainable products that are that are made more sustainably and are more durable. Like they they're going to keep them longer and then repurpose those products instead of throwing them away. I'm going to add to what you said. They're not going to buy as much, and they're also very discerning in how they consume marketing materials. And they can they can pick apart something that's insincere or something that's phony and have have um, very little patience for it or not. In, in my views, not very forgiving when it comes to like n- missing the mark on marketing or, or communication, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, being inauthentic, you know, yeah. disingenuous. Yeah. Um, they're going to be, they're, they're going to sniff that out. And the nice thing about having a lot of niche players in the market is mm-hmm. that, you know, it gives, it gives it from the, cons- from a consumer's point of view, that gives me a lot more choice, right? I can, I can choose whatever I want. I can find whatever I want. So if you're trying to, it, you, the idea is if you're a brand, you want to find that customer and you, you want to find that customer's friends as well, right? Yeah. So there, I mean, there are plenty of things that you can do once you've, once you've appropriately segmented, there are all kinds of things you can do with social media that are more effective. Um, you can find the influencers that you really, really think are going to be the most effective voices for your product. And it, boy, if you choose, if you don't do your segmentation homework right and you choose the wrong influencer and or your influencer does something dumb or you know you're putting all your eggs in one basket it's it can be very very dangerous to not yeah. do your homework very dangerous to not do your homework here you're going to keep having that dream where you're in your college you know <laughs> 201 sociology <laughs> class and you haven't been there all semester and you've got to take your final exam naked <laughs> that's what dream you're going to have over and over again if you do it wrong uh, what a horrible metaphor i didn't like that at all <laughs> Well, I know what I'm doing. That's I want to. I, I want to scare people into doing their homework. Yeah. And if you if you <laughs> don't have the, doing their homework, and if you don't have the resource to do your homework, I'm happy to do your homework for you. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that's what I love doing. I I'm yeah. glad that that you and I get to nerd out about this. Yeah. We we get to share that nerdiness with the rest of the the audience because I I dig this and it's it's fun to talk to another researcher that has fun doing this type of work. Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with the, with constructs, which makes me good at this, right? I'm obsessed with the constructs people walk around in. You know, what is a world you exist in inside your head? What does that look like? What is it made of? Does it change? Do you resist yeah. change there? You know, who do you think you are? What's your, what is your identity to yourself? And how do you, my, my most favorite that almost never makes it into market research actually is like, how do you explain the bad things you've done to yourself? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because that uh, rounds that rounds out. Yeah, I'm obsessed with constructs. Yeah. Obsessed with it. And if you really want, if you're if if somebody out there is also obsessed with constructs or is newly obsessed with constructs or interested, <laughs> one of the greatest TV shows, one of the of of all time, and it's a reality show. If you're interested in constructs, watch the show alone. Where you know they mm. they basically just drop yeah. twelve people off in some unhospitable environment that. I guess they can survive in, but you know, it would be very difficult like Patagonia or, yeah. or somewhere in Alaska and watch what they, you know, watch their constructs as they go through the show. Like the first day, everybody's all full of hubris. Right? I, I kick ass. Mm-hmm. I'm a badass. I will never push that button. 
I will never use this phone. Yeah. Give them yeah. yeah, give them about three weeks of starvation, you know, maybe an injury, even a small one, like some, like some cold weather. I cut myself. Nights. Yeah. And, and watch their construct change. Watch how they explain it to themselves. That's mm-hmm. the interesting part. What I want to hear is your I want your inner dialogue. I want to know what you're mm-hmm. saying to yourself. I want to know how you explain like DNFing a race. I want to know what that looks like. I want to know what it looks like when you're, you know, when you're tired and sad or when you're happy and you do something dumb. How do you explain that to yourself? That tells me a lot more about your construct beyond psychographics, beyond demographics. And if you're looking for someone that segments, you want to find someone that's that curious, you know, yeah. that's that curious about about how people behave and what motivates them. I, I think it's maybe also important for us to say that that this consumer research is critical for actually selling because it's no longer the case as it was in, in the 50s and 60s where brands are telling customers what you want. This like top-down marketing idea of like the Madman era where we're going to tell you what you need, you know? It is definitely the case now where customers are telling brands, this is what we want. This is how we want to buy it. This is how we want to interact with it. This is how we want to use it. And in order to be successful in that market, you have to be as curious as you just described. Yeah. And also, just by the way, the way you're, you're the customer perceives your brand is your mm-hmm. brand image, period. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. So glad you said that. You don't get that. You know what I'm pissed about, Patrick? We missed out on easy jobs and two martini lunches every day. I mean, we could have had a really nice alcohol habit by now if we had lived in the 50s. <laughs> right. Seems to me like marketing was really, really easy back then, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, it was and conformity. This is where conformity is really useful for corporations. If you've got conformity in society, it's super easy to sell to them because basically yeah, you're, yeah. you're you dictate you dictate trends. That's it's it. all it's completely turned on its head now. And and it's it's driving a lot of conflict in society, frankly. But it's a beautiful thing as far as I'm concerned. And you and I have to be way better at our jobs than yeah. the, you know, than the guys in the fifties that got two martini lunches and it was all about something other than business. Um, but you and I have to be really, really good at our jobs to, to really help um, our member companies navigate, um, mm-hmm. navigate marketing and not waste their money, not shotgun it. I mean, you can shotgun it, but you know, you're, you know, that your return on investment is like 5% maybe. You, you get out what you put in. Yeah. If you put in yeah. effort, you'll get out no reward. I mean, your cost yeah, per acquisition that, like, is effort to, yeah. effort to understand your audience is what I mean. Yeah. Look at, we're both excited, but your, your, cost <laughs> per, your, your cost per acquisition is going to be way higher. I'm what I'm trying to do is drive down your cost per acquisition of customers r- way down so that, so that basically, you know, you're, you're successful enough in reaching your consumer that, that, that cost is, is, is close to nothing close to, and it ever be nothing, but close to nothing. I, I like that you mentioned um, sort of guerrilla advertising and not just wanting to know that customer, but wanting to know their friends and wanting to know how you can you can have this like multiplier effect of if you really understand a customer and you really understand like that little niche audience that can spread in and of like organically um, if you do it right, you know? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's sort of a, I never knew how how much I was going to use that. Fabergé Organics commercial that I saw when I was nine years old that said, and she told two friends and she told two friends and you just ended up with a screen full of Farrah Fawcett in the end that are all <laughs> telling their friends. But see, there it is. It's, it's kind of that, uh-huh. right? It's, I mean, that's it. I just totally dated myself, but I'm serious. That's that commercial okay. had a huge impact. That 
And there was a commercial where somebody opened a refrigerator and ping pong balls fell out. And the ping pong balls were symbolic of energy, you know? Oh, interesting. It was was an energy saving commercial. Still affects me to this day. You know, that and and the, yeah, the litter commercial with, I think, I think the Native American man was, I think he was Navajo, um, but he was crying over litter. I never fucking littered after that. I did not want to make that man cry. Uh Uh-uh. No, absolutely not. I don't litter. I don't open the refrigerator for very long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's what, that is what good marketing can do though. I mean, if, if you can, if you can, if you really understand your your target consumer, boy, you can have a you can have an impact on them. And understanding somebody to really understand who somebody is, understand who their friends are too. Ask their mm-hmm. friends about them. If you really want to understand somebody, ask them to describe their best friend. Yeah. So so help me understand how companies who who listen to this and they go, yeah, wait, but I really want to do consumer mm-hmm. segmentation. I want to understand my audience better. Like, how do they do that? They well, you, you need to. Then what do we do? Or they they um, call you know some market research expert yeah i start i first of all i ask them about you know who who they think they're trying to reach and i need to know everything about the 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 product or group of products they're trying to sell um and i'll start with category what category are you thinking you're selling into um we're selling to hikers okay maybe you're and maybe you know more sophisticated brands that say i'm selling to people who hike and ski or just you know who do at least one of these things that I think that that my my what my product is going to be great for. Um, and at that point, then we, you know, we get a clear picture of what it is and who they think they're selling to. And then I dig into all kinds of data, including participation data, demographic data, demographic trends in the data in in those specific categories, crossover in those specific categories. Then we get into psychographics where I'll go straight to Nielsen Prism and I'll start to look at geographic location and overlaying. Some of the some of the psychographic data they have on there, and then specifically, you know, doing some sort of qualitative research. If I have an opportunity, I will talk to some of the people in the target audience that I think is appropriate, and start we and start whittling down. I mean, ideally, then you know, we we would basically write up a, a segment that's supported with quantitative data and yeah. with a plan. With a plan, this is really important to hone that over time to learn more from the consumers that they've got coming in. So that's, you know, you just, it's, it's basically, you know, you start with the best idea and describe it as people, you know, describe it as this is, you know, your customer is doing this and this and this, and they look like this. And, you know, here's some opportunities. Here's a language they, they use specifically like around sustainability. Um, For example, I had, I had one member uh, call me last week and they wanted to know what the perception of the market was of hemp. And we ended up doing a history of hemp and cotton, right? We ended up going all the way yeah. down there. So sometimes you have to think really specifically about, you know, certain aspects or features of your product or certain behaviors of the group that you're trying to make. Like maybe they're just backcountry skiers. And, and where do they, where do backcountry skiers tend to live? Where are they coming from? What are the other products that they buy? And those things I can get from, in some cases, civic science. Like I will tap every data resource that I have. Yeah, to really, because yeah. I am going to drill into, I'm going to try and build what looks like your target audience. And then I'm going to drill into it all the way down to the construct level, right? Who are these people? What is it? What is their, do they have some similar patterns in their, in their personal constructs that we can, that we can exploit, including the language that they use. Like 
Remember that commercial? I was like, teach me, teach me some cool paddle words. Teach me some cool kayak no, words. I don't remember that. Uh, well, this is it. Like, this is one of those <laughs> situations. Like, teach me some really cool backcountry words, right? So yeah. then you get in tune to even the language that they're using to describe their activity and describe, the, you know, what they get out of that activity. So, I mean, you, it's that's what I do. And I keep working with that member over time. This is not a one and, it's not a one and done kind of thing. No, and, the worst and, thing you could do is do it and then put it on the shelf and go, okay, we did yeah, that. It's constantly changing. It's dynamic. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, if I'm somebody listening to this, and I, I I don't know. What to, the, yeah, your first step, call us. Call me. Absolutely. Call Patrick. Call Kelly. We're here for you. Or, or, you know, find a friendly market researcher. There are plenty in the market. Um, and, and I think most of us are, are talking about segmentation and customer journey right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, once we're, once we're done with consumer segmentation, let's say like we not not done with, but once we understand enough to want to change something about our marketing strategies or change something about our communications, I think that technology, social media, all the different marketing outlets are are advanced enough for us to actually reach the audience that that we're intending to reach now because we can target with so much more specificity than we could 10, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, this is when I when I get to point out that, you know, the that there is enough data on you to basically yeah, build yeah. A, a, a reasonable facsimile of you in the metaverse. Yeah, that's terrifying. That makes sense. It kind of is. Now they're making <laughs> you know what they're doing now. They're there. There's their services where, you know, you can answer a bunch of questions. And after you die, people, they'll, they'll put up a basically an avatar, your your avatar. And people can converse with you after you're dead. No, thank you, man. No, oh, thank you. That's okay. Nope. You can just listen to this podcast when you miss me. <laughs> I, I don't. I think. I think you might outlive me, Patrick. <laughs> uh, I've just got this this sneaking suspicion. I don't know. I'm going skiing on Wednesday. No, uh, I think it's. I think if I finally stop raining, I'm going to get on the electric longboard here this afternoon. So. Oh yeah. I think my. Yeah. I think my chances of death on that are about one in ten. <laughs> God, I love it though. Road with the electric longboard, it's it's not zero. Um, no, even on a dry road, which I wait for. Yeah. Daylight, yeah. dry, sober. Those are the requirements yeah. for the electric. Yeah, it's good to have um, those rules. That you know, everybody's got to have hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried to make it as difficult to segment me as possible. I mean, that's why that. <laughs> I, I think I do our, that too. I think our, I do that too. <laughs> our, our readers behind us can't see it, but I've I've got a painting that I did in my background that's called the outlier. Patrick, you can see it now. Yeah, you know what no, that is. That's yeah, called yeah, the outlier. Described that before. I think that uh-huh. that's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, but sec- yeah, it's it's it. This is like this is the scientific end of knowing your customer, right? And yeah. and one of the problems I see in outdoor most often is that most of the people in this industry, including including you know the icons that started these large brands like Peter Metcalf and Yvonne Chouinard, um, Kim Miller, they are they did it. They are in this business because they have a huge passion for it. Huge passion. Yeah. And sometimes when you think that you are your target audience, you can make mistakes, right? And I will point out oh, this yeah. is time. I'm so glad is, you said that. Yeah, this is when I point out that 80% of our target market tends to be casual. You know, they're not the hardcore people that that are yeah. in the business because you know they they were they were climbing in Yosemite and they I mean that's that was their life for a while, or they were skiing and that was their life for a while. And 
I mean, there is a lot of that in, in our industry where, you know, you've got smaller companies, maybe 20 or fewer employees, and they look around like, we don't need to spend money on this. We know. And what you get basically is you're, you know, you're just marketing to the core over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And your customer acquisition is going to be super costly because you've got to wait yeah, for somebody yeah. to enter the core before they <laughs> even think about your brand. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. And, and you know, hubris costs money. So, and I know this about myself, I man, I've made this mistake personally, hubris costs money, where you say, I know, because I am, right? That's, that's, and, and the minute you think, you know, is the minute you start losing money and always saying, I'm not sure, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm just going to continually, you know, keep thinking about it as if I don't know. I mean, even if you think, you know, behave, you know, behave as if you don't, because you're always going to learn more. And also you lose sight of the, of the dynamic nature of target markets. You know, target markets age, target markets change, trends change. Um, the way the way that we consume activities has changed. So you've got to you've always got to keep an eye on it as if you don't know. Um, and that's I think one of the biggest problems in our industry is, you know, we've never broken out of our core because the core runs the show and they think those are the only people participating. And, and so 80 percent of the market is basically just hanging on. We're not talking to them and we're, and, <laughs> and we're, and we're, and we're losing their business. Yeah. I mean, why should, why shouldn't they just buy a $5 t-shirt at Walmart? Why not? Why shouldn't they do that? I, what you, did I just, I took a leap. You said so there. much. No, that was, that was <laughs> so good. You said so much and it ended on such a relatable analogy, but yeah, it's, it's so much better to operate from a place of understanding than a place of ignorance. Cause you're just going to waste money and you'll, it, it will ultimately be unsuccessful. And um, and knowing your customer is the only way to go about doing business. Yeah, the the better you know your customer, if you you want your customers to be your best friends, you want to be yeah. your best friend to your customer. You know, in a, in the sense of how well you would know them. I love this. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time. <laughs>